0: Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Dolphins Podcast. Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh
1: Houts. Let's get into it, Joshua Houts. Let's talk about this Miami Dolphins offense versus a Baltimore defense. And I think the best way to start this conversation, man, Baltimore, just a week ago, played that Kyle Shanahan system, played that middle of the field offense that wants to attack the linebackers the baltimore ravens led by patrick queen and roquan smith said you bet nah brock Pur- purdy through four interceptions so where's that queasy meter this is the same type of offense this is round two and baltimore this time is at home god that's a tough matchup
0: yeah it's a tough matchup and i always felt like um I, I was thinking about this. I remember when the Dolphins made it from the Wildcat season, they made it to the, I believe it was the Wildcard round, and they got balanced right away, right, by the Ravens. All my life, I felt like there was something about the Ravens that I, or the Ravens, something about the Ravens that I just, there was some, uh, you know, disdain there, and then they got Lamar Jackson. I started to like what they were doing, but um, this is a heavyweight matchup, man. We know what it means for both teams. Um, if the Ravens win, they clinch that number one seed. They can then um, you know, look forward to the playoffs and that nice little rest they'll get. And if the Dolphins win, they'll then take over, you know, that number one spot and then it'll all come down to that matchup against Baltimore. So um, the queasy meter, Jake, I, after last week's win against Dallas, I think it's a little bit, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not so queasy, but um, I do realize this Baltimore Ravens team is no freaking joke. And like you said, they put a beating down on a San Francisco 49ers team. A lot of people were already crowning, right? I mean, they were already the favorites in the NFC going to the Super Bowl, and the Ravens for lack of a better word, uh beat the crap out of them.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a, a really important important point here. I don't I'm not worried about the Dolphins in the sense of they can't go out there and poop their big boy pants on national television. They clinch the spot in the playoffs. This can't be some sort of epic collapse. We had that great win last week where I'm already not trying to hedge if the Dolphins are going to lose, but this this is a very tough matchup. Baltimore enters this game 12 and three. They have three wins on the West Coast. They've scored 30 points in eight of the last nine games. This has been an absolutely monstrous team from start to finish and what they did to San Francisco was absolutely bananas last week. But the one thing I noticed is where San Francisco had opportunities was on the outside, especially attacking outside the numbers uh, downfield. I look back to what the Dolphins were doing early last week. I mean, what was it, Josh? Miami's first play from scrimmage, it could have been a 95-yard touchdown to Tyree Kill, just dropped off his hands. Sometimes it's going to happen. But on that same drive, what, two plays later, you have a 48-yard reception to Jalen Waddell that actually just completely flips the field position on its head. So I'm curious to see if that the Baltimore Ravens are going to approach this the same way they approached that game against uh, the San Francisco 49ers, where they... It was kind of a weird situation. Brock Purdy, I think, according to Pro Football Focus, he only had two turnover-worthy plays. He did have four interceptions. There's a lot of tip balls. There's a lot of physicality in the secondary. And you could see that time and time again, Purdy wanted to go over the middle, and Baltimore was doing everything it could to uh, not let that happen.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of where I'm seeing this game be won and lost, right? I mean, you've seen it before, right? If you can disrupt them at the line, throw off a little bit of that timing, this offense can... Um, look beatable at times So I'm intrigued to see the way that Baltimore Ravens defense Who is one of the better ones in all of football I think they're what, first in sacks And maybe second in quarterback hits I yep. think that's how I, if I have that right So we know they're going to get pressure there We know the secondary, like you said, is very good And it starts with those two linebackers I mean, Roquan Smith is a guy who I've um, been enamored by Ever since he's been a draft prospect We know Patrick Queen is uh, a different type of linebacker, right? These guys are bruisers, and um, I do want to throw out that quote that we heard earlier in the week. It was uh, Patrick Queen said, we play a brand of football people don't want to play. Everybody wants to be out there playing cute, playing basketball and grass, and we ain't with it. You can do all that stuff. You're just going to get hit in the mouth every play, and um, I think we've all heard, you know, kind of, I believe Mike McDaniel spoke about that. You know, if we're, if we're not physical, how are we, um, you know, this good at running the football, right? You got to be physical to own the trenches, run the ball, and do different things like that. So it's going to be an absolute battle, man. And I keep thinking back to that. Uh, What was it? They scored, f- was it four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, that week two uh, win when they came back to a of by Lola Crazy. at Dolphins offense, all those big time plays. I mean, the secondary is very good, but we've seen before with these playmakers that um, they were susceptible uh, to those big plays. I think I said that word, right? I think I did.
1: Yeah. When you start watching this game, number zero, number six, those two linebackers right in the middle of the field, you got to keep your eyes on. And I don't want to make it sound too, too lazy here, but you can kind of if you want to figure out how this game's going to be decided, you take a picture of the all 22 and you can just kind of draw a square around just like the center of the picture with the trenches. And then that second level at the linebackers. But Josh, we got to mention Kyle Hamilton. This dude's been an absolute monster, a sophomore safety. He's dealing a knee injury, but last year, last week, I should say, excuse me for Baltimore. I think it was what two interceptions. Uh, a run stop. And then he allowed three receptions and coverage for a total of 12 yards. So, I mean, that has a real Javon Holland feel to it, that safety blanket in the secondary. I think the dolphins are approaching this game as, you know, I think every team this late in the season does. You assume every team's going to have their best players out there. Kyle Hamilton is a real difference maker. Uh, I just am really concerned. How can Miami get things going if the middle of the field isn't there? Is this a team that will be too cute? Do they have that physicality to punch the ball up the middle and maybe just kind of settle with the, like we saw last week, the Durham Smythe getting five receptions for 45 yards, just to kind of keep things shimmying down the field.
0: I mean, I guess we're going to see, right, Jake? I mean, you're coming into this one against a Baltimore Ravens team that's sitting here talking about physicality. We see how important running the football is to what the Miami Dolphins do. Um, I believe they're, what, averaging five yards per carry, 136.4 yards per game. I think that might be second. I have a written down here, but only to Baltimore. So both these teams are very good at running the football. So I think you come out there, man. You try to establish that run. We see how important Raheem Mostert's been. We saw what Jeff Wilson did. I mean, that would kind of be an, um, an appetizer, right? nor d'oeuvre a little bit, getting him out there. I still think it's funny how we're all sitting here gushing over what he did and you look at it and it was again, what like 13 yards or something, but it was just so meaningful when he did it. So I'm thinking you come out and you establish it with Mostert, HN and uh, Jeff Wilson. And you do try to get that ball, you know, pounding the rock, but uh, we'll see the way this thing dictates, right. All it takes is Lamar going down there, scoring a touchdown, you know, Get going up. Uh, I don't even want to talk into existence, but you know, what I mean, if the Dolphins go down, we might see them completely throw everything out the window then become more of a pass happy team. But this is an absolute battle, man, and um, something's got to give,
1: right? Baltimore is such a great team at adapting to its opponents. Uh, just to speak to that, they're seven and one on the road. You know, you think about being the home team, you're able to do things your way, uh, play to your strengths. Baltimore does such a good job of making you uncomfortable that I do feel that going to Baltimore, knowing how good that team is, that Miami rightfully shows should enter this game walking on eggshells. We saw San Francisco last week try to play its game. It's resulting in tip passes, a lot of variance where the opposing defense can really frustrate you. I think the Dolphins can play it safe here and really just try to grind out the clock, play a quick football game. I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the earliest games to finish on the day, just by how much these teams like to run the football. And I think On top of that, both how each of these teams don't want to get gashed for monster plays, where you have a scenario, um, an unfolding like you had last year right what'd you say four touchdowns in the fourth quarter how bananas that game was and i mean you can go back even farther to that 20 what 19 season where baltimore probably had five touchdowns in the first quarter when miami was an absolute dumpster fire when they started the rebuild so i think both teams here are going to play it so so safe and so so careful and yeah i think jeff wilson does has a great big role in that i think he can do a lot of little things to just kind of keep the sticks moving and something else i'm curious about here man uh robert hunt mike mcdaniel went out of his way to say he isn't day-to-day but he's about to be day-to-day and and we really want him to be back out there i think he's missed five of the last six games he hasn't played since week 13 against washington what is adding an offensive lineman like him back into the mix due to this group especially when you consider hey even then they've still only allowed what one sack to this dallas cowboys i mean this offensive line has survived that i mean i should put that out there shout out lester cotton robert hunt jones and Butch Berry.
0: I tried to make a funny joke yesterday, and people people didn't like it. So um, I'm sorry, Butch Berry. I respect everything that you do. But um, uh, back to the point, mate, it would mean everything, right? If we get Robert Hump back for this game, I mean, I know that's not quite what you're trying to say, but, um, you know, it's the holiday season. It's crazy at the house's house with three kids running around. Daddy, open this present that I got. Daddy, do this, do that. You know, where's my... Uh uh, barbie sure whatever that's this big you got to find that but um I, so i missed him saying that so dude i would could that would absolutely change everything with that offensive line so um getting him out there would be, absolutely be a difference maker because i was going to ask you jake how do you feel like we're talking about queasy meter i do feel a little bit queasy about you know i, I like teron armstead lester conley and mike and Berg's fine robert jones kendall lamb but they're i mean i'm a huge fan of jadavian clown and we already mentioned how good those um uh, linebackers are. I'm not even gonna try to oh, oh, I hopefully I spelled that right. I mean, or I said that right. But they have some ballers on that defensive side of the ball that are going to be a true test too what the Miami Dolphins offensive line can do. But, I mean, as we've seen, like you mentioned, man, every test that they've been put up against, regardless of who's in that offensive line, they've been, you know, hitting straight-up home runs, and it does have to do with, you know, them just doing enough, right? I mean, it's getting the ball out super fast, and that's why I think this game's going to be one and lost in the trenches, as cliche as that sounds, and then we'll see if uh, Miami can get those free releases or if Baltimore, you know, disrupts those receivers at the line, causing issues with the timing. Sorry,
1: long-winded Brant. That's like our little... uh subtitle here long-winded rants i, I totally feel you on that one i thought it was really cool how the dolphins ran the football last week because when you went against the dallas cowboys you knew that hey james cook just had this bananas game right 200 200 total yards he was like seven yards per carry and it was simply just handing up the middle that that's really not what the dolphins did and i don't know if i wish they did because what they what they did is they'd fake it most of their runs would start off like they're bouncing it to the outside but then they just form this wall that allow most to kind of cut back inside and have these one-way gaps up through the a the b somewhere in there where you're like oh whoa, what happened here? This is a run up the middle, but it didn't really evolve like that. I'm really curious to see if that is something that can work against the Baltimore Ravens or if the Dolphins just continue to try to simplify things. Maybe the Ravens are at a point where they see Tyreek Hill take a screen pass on third and three and take it 12 yards when he's double covered. And they're really prepared for all these complex things the Dolphins are trying to do. Man, I couldn't tell you the formations I saw against the San Francisco 49ers. They'd have like three guys standing like hip to hip onto each other at the snap just to really try to confuse Brock Purdy I'm really interested to see if Miami goes real simple real basic with some runs up the middle some simple slants just because this Baltimore Ravens defense is a such a good job of making so 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 many hard choices for quarterbacks that maybe Tua decide McDaniel decides to take a little bit away from that and just kind of try to move the football as simply as possible
0: yeah, and I want to ask you what your thoughts, I mean, it looks like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong again, I missed a lot of stuff this week, but it looks like they're going to be without Jalen Waddle. I mean, Ian Rapport said, you know, he might be out for the the remainder of the season, so who do you see stepping up in his absence, I mean, people are going to joke, but Robbie Chosen was truly, you know, he was out there with some snaps in that last game before his head injury, I don't know if he's going to be ready for this one, so, I mean, is Braxton Barrios going to step up, maybe we see Chase Claypool, um more what do you think jake i mean someone needs to step up if waddles out and this offense is you know it, it the offense does not look the same without Jalen waddle out there you know news flash breaking news right shocker
1: yeah so last week was the third time this season tyree kill played 80 percent of snaps and i mean it was great to see how healthy he looked out there i i guarantee you he's not 100 percent, but these are these superhuman athletes and they're just amazing at what they do Um, i'm really curious to see how they go about that robbie chosen i think he's actually heading in the right direction to get through protocol if he can't go chase claypool man is the name you instantly go to but i think cedric wilson's actually done a really good job of being that wide receiver too and i don't think we're giving enough uh credit to these wide receivers especially the second year wide receivers in the system because of how hard it is to learn the system and understand what mike mcdaniel wants these wide receivers to accomplish so I think we can't underestimate the ability to really lean into those guys in the second year of the system. So I lean Wilson. I also, I also think there's another opportunity to get maybe I don't know another seven, eight target game for someone like Devon Chan where you can kind of maybe some safer throws if Tyree kills double, triple cover down the field. If they're trying to stretch the ball downfield, let Achan catch something underneath, and maybe he can escape a linebacker. What do you think?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I can absolutely see it being that Cedric Wilson game. I mean, you saw him, you know getting valuable snaps last week. We see him being an intricate part of this offense and almost, you know, coming right in and filling in. If Tyreek Hill gets banged up, if Jalen Waddle goes down. So um, I don't know why I always overlook him. You know, I always think about those. I don't want to say, you know, those lesser guys in the depth chart, but I'm always talking about Robbie chosen and kind of overlook a Cedric Wilson. So shame yeah. on me. This could absolutely be a Cedric Wilson game where he steps up and we see something there. And um, you know, a lot of people are talking about this Tua It's low versus Lamar Jackson matchup, Jake. How are you feeling about that? Do you think this truly has MVP like implications? And let me just be the first one to say, I know a lot of people are saying it, but um, let me be the first one to say, I know a lot of people are saying it. MVP doesn't matter, right? None of that stuff matters. All we want is a playoff win. None of, none of those um, accolades and things truly matter. All we want are playoff wins, but they are kind of cool.
1: They're definitely cool to talk about. And it's an interesting topic of discussion when you can look at all these ever changing MVP ads, almost every single minute. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways to take a lot of different arguments, Uh, but I will say this much about the MVP race. The winner of this game, man, is going to have a front, like is going to be ahead of the entire pack. The number one seed in the conference. I think you see what's happening in the NFC. I mean, if you had to pick right now, would you give it, these two weeks are going to mean some breaking news, Joshua Howitz. You need to play the games in order to decide who the MVP is. But as of right now, let me word it to you this way. Would you give it to a position player or a quarterback based on just what we know?
0: I, I think, I mean, I, every week I change. If you're talking about the Dolphins, right? If you're talking about Tua or Tyreek Kill, every week I change on who has a bigger impact. So um, I, I think it's a quarterback trophy. I think that's who they try to lean towards. But um, I could absolutely see the Tyree Kill win it.